today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Where are we with COVID-19? Today, 790 new cases reported in Ontario, uh, nine deaths. And situation in Quebec continues with over a uh, hundred, uh, sorry, over a thousand uh, new cases uh, today as well. Many still chatting about Halloween. Um, uh, earlier uh, last week, uh, the medical officials in Toronto said, uh, you know what, in regard to the hotspots, we don't think it's a good idea for Halloween. Uh, the premier reiterated that and said uh, it doesn't recommend going out for Halloween on, uh, sorry, during those, uh, in those hotspots of Toronto, Peel, York, and Ottawa. However, the rest of the province can do so with, obviously, uh, protocol in place. Many have questioned whether that's the right thing to do or not. And again, you know, Halloween is still 10 days away, so who knows? Anything can happen between now and then. Let's bring in Dr. Ahmad Khalid. He is with us, medical doctor, health policy expert, and here now. Ahmad, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Same to you, Scott. Thanks for having me. We haven't chatted in a while, Ahmad. Uh, just your thoughts on where we are. Where we are, obviously, uh, cases spiking up uh, right the way across the country. Seven ninety in Ontario today. Your thoughts of where we are at this point in the second wave? Well, my initial thoughts, Scott, will be: I wish this virus was over and this pandemic was behind us. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, I think we're getting to a place now where we're getting accustomed to living with this pandemic, and we're all trying to figure out ways around it. The key message, I think, today from uh, what we've seen from the mixed messages from the government around how do we handle the coronavirus pandemic is that we need consistent messaging on who is allowed to do what and in what occasion. I think we're seeing a little bit of mixed messaging around uh, which places in, in Ontario are allowed to go out and socialize. Uh, and now we're seeing it with Halloween with parents raising major concerns about what to do with their children come Halloween time. So what are obviously, uh, you know, health officials have recommended uh, in the hot spots to, uh, you know, although you, you can celebrate Halloween, they don't not recommend obviously being in parties or house gatherings like that and not trick or treating uh, as well. Uh, many uh, doctors as well have questioned whether this is too much, whether this is over the top by stopping uh, kids from going out trick or treating. Although I, I think in obviously drawn comparisons with Halloween and other situations, but I, I think what, what uh, officials are pointing to here is that there's no way to sort of police what happens uh, in Hall- uh, during Halloween. You don't know what's happening from house to house, from door to door and such, where there, there perhaps is, is, is more of a controlled situation in some of the places that are a- allowed to stay open. So your thoughts on Halloween, doctor, what do we do? Well, that's a really good question, Scott. I think the problem is that public health communication is really not as simple as press releases or having a statement made by policymakers yeah. about how to move forward on this. It's a lot more nuanced and it's a lot more difficult because we're thinking about parents who are talking or are saying, my children is going to school, so why are you telling me now that they can't go trick-or-treating? There's a sort of a discrepancies or not, a, not an alignment between our health policies and what we're putting forward. And that needs to be addressed fast. I mean, the, the reality is, Scott, is that less interactions we have among people, close contact, the less likely the virus will be spread. That's just a simple fact. We know that now. The issue becomes is that, well, how do you control that? Where do you draw the line? Countries like New Zealand and others who've taken a very strict measure on those, uh, on those events, whether it's Thanksgiving or Halloween, not that they celebrate Thanksgiving, but any events where they have very strict measures in place where they say there is zero interactions. Please remain in your home, wear a face mask, and maintain social distancing. Their numbers have been low. That's the idea here, again, is that 
by limiting children going out and parents with the children to trick-and-treating, we're limiting social interactions, especially in hotspots. But the difficulty becomes, which is very understandable, is, well, what if I get in my car and go to another place with my children <laughs> where that policy does not exist? Uh, and how do you prevent that? Our borders, we don't have borders between our cities. And so that's why I think this begs the question about a regional policy. We need a, a policy that really it doesn't just take certain populations or certain neighborhoods, but really is across the province. So uh, is there a safe way to do this? Is there a safe way to, 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 to uh, conduct Halloween celebrations? Or is it more, uh, yeah, there's a right way to do it. We're just not convinced everybody is going to do this. Well, the difficult, the difficult answer that nobody's going to like is that nobody should be uh, doing Halloween trick-and-treating. And I am fully, yeah. I am one who loves Halloween, so I completely understand the difficulty uh, with having to hear that answer. And the reason why I'm saying that is that if you're looking for the most perfect bulletproof answer, which is that you should limit interactions with other individuals in case there's a risk of exposure to COVID-19, can there be a more flexible approach to this? Sure, but then you're taking the risk. Uh, and people are you're either risk averse or you're not. So uh, it dep- if we're trying to protect population health, then the straight answer will be we should probably be eliminating Halloween because it puts people's uh, health risk. Uh, health, sorry, health status at risk. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What about the mental health and balancing that of the kids? You know, yeah, another so big disappointment big- for them. I'm really happy you brought that up, Scott. I think that's the biggest issue we're seeing now, eight months more into the pandemic, is that this has taken a massive toll on people's mental health status. Self-isolation is real, and we're majorly concerned. I know that my colleagues who are on the front line are communicating that message loud and clear that we need to be looking at the mental health status. So my advice, and, and this is coming from a more of a, uh, you know, a, 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 about supporting mental health, is that for parents out there who are struggling to figure out how to still make Halloween an engaging activity, let's think creatively and lean on each other. Is there a way to use Zoom technology or online technology to leverage that? I know it's not the same, but our lives have not been the same. So it's very hard for us to think that we can somehow switch back to normal life come Halloween and trick-or-treating in our neighborhoods, when in reality, the virus is still out there, the pandemic is still continuous. And, and, you know, you bring up a valid point. Rather than spending a lot of time on, on thinking, oh, my goodness, look what we can't do, uh, try to come up with creative ways on how you can do it. I mean, some people have even talked about, you know, taking Halloween candy and, and with their own families having uh, an Easter egg style type yeah. of hunt. Uh, you know, it, rather than thinking, oh, my goodness, it'll never be the same, rather think about what it can be. Yes, and pumpkin carving on Zoom. I've been looking at examples around the world, just help parents to advise them what they can do. Some countries have got really, really creative ideas. So there are some countries in the world where they're doing like neighborhood pumpkin Zoom challenge. So, you know, they carve pumpkins and they share the pictures on social media and they do a competition and then they send the gifts to the household at some point through the mail. Uh, And so there are ways that we can get creative with this. It's not ideal. So let's make sure that we make that clear. Nobody's saying this is the best alternative. This is just an alternative to our current reality. So uh, parents obviously have to explain to their kids that perhaps Halloween is not going to happen this year. How do they do that without freaking them out? 
Well, children, I think, are very smart and intelligent. And so they actually are aware of the COVID-19 pandemic. And for the most part, children are actually seem to be better at understanding the rules <laughs> than some of the adults out there. Yeah, really? <laughs> about wearing face mask and hand hygiene. I'm always shocked when I meet young children who, who understand very well what is going on with COVID-19. So I think parents just should be honest. I mean, it's, uh, again, it's up to the parents' discretion. This is their jurisdiction and, and they have responsibility over their children and what they decide to share with them is up to them. But my advice will be, be transparent in your messaging. Explain that the virus is still going on, that this is not ideal, but that we're trying to do the best that we can in getting at a better solution. All right, getting back to to the actual night and Halloween, obviously uh, we're not recommending going out in the hot spots. That's what health officials have said. Toronto, Ottawa, uh, Peel, and York, that, that you know, you're not supposed to be going out. For those who are lucky enough or fortunate enough to be in areas where they can go out, what recommendations do you have for parents? Mask, face mask, carry with you, uh, um, hand hygiene, so, uh, sorry, hand uh, alcohol rubs or or lotions, make sure you keep social distancing when you go out. And, and honestly, Scott, I hate to say this, but again, if you cannot go out and do trick-or-treating uh, this year, we this is probably the best bulletproof solution is to avoid trick-or-treating uh, across the province, not just in those hot spots. But if you feel like, you know, you, you have very low case numbers in your neighborhood, you, you feel safe going out, then those things are really important. Maintain social distancing, don't go close to doors. And if you are doing trick-or-treating yourself, then maybe perhaps put a bowl out with candy uh, and a lovely note telling people to take whatever candy they want without having to interact face-to-face or within close contact with individuals. All right, Doctor, I wanted to ask you in regard to testing. We've certainly seen testing fluctuations throughout the province. There was the time when, you know, there was a time when nobody was getting tested and, and they were encouraging you to get tested. Then all of a sudden, when the fear of the second wave came, everybody decided to get tested and that uh, overflowed and flooded the system. Uh, now the province is reporting they are all caught up and everything's back to normal. And, uh, and, and we're seeing the number of people getting tested declining a little bit compared to the capacity that uh, that what we have is there need for more and again now uh, the premier again is coming out and saying if you need to get tested and you have symptoms to get tested your thoughts on where we are with that well i think that there was a point of mixed messaging there right we went from everybody should get tested to no only people who have symptoms they'll get tested that mixed messaging causes confusion in people and so right now i think that the reason why we're not seeing maybe as many people getting tested is because people are not sure a do they have access to testing facilities again and b what's the right way to go there and this is going to require us to again raise awareness about assessment centers online appointments reaching out to your family health care providers calling public health agencies if you have symptoms bottom line scott is if you have a symptom you should get tested that's never changed uh, and so that is clear. So if you have any symptoms that you suspect you might have COVID-19, please reach out to assessment centers so they can triage you and decide whether you should go in for a test or not. Uh, and then that's the, really the only way forward. Uh, last question, Ahmad. Uh, we're certainly seeing this second wave. There's no more questions, I guess, if we are in or out of it. We're seeing numbers increase not only in this country, but across uh, various parts of the world. What are your thoughts as we head into the second wave? Uh, stay, you know, alert because I am concerned about the numbers. I think we're all concerned about the numbers. Uh, I think we're also double. The reason why we're concerned is twofold. One, the numbers are increasing, but two, people getting too tired of the pandemic, which is fair. 
So that's why we have to keep reiterating the message that the fight against COVID-19 pandemic is not over and it's going to require collective effort. I really mean that more than ever. It's going to require all of us to sort of sacrifice some of our own sort of what we would like to happen in order to protect population health. Dr. Ahmad Khalid has been with us, medical doctor and health policy expert. Ahmad, as always, thank you so much for the time. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Have a good week. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. You know, we've talked about Halloween, obviously, in the hot spots, Toronto, uh, Peel, York, and Ottawa. Uh, they have recommended uh, no door-to-door stuff, but still the other festivities, although no indoor parties. You can't go and have a giant Halloween party or anything like that, but there's Zoom things and, you know, figure it out. Uh, but what about those cool places, the people, the organizations that do haunted houses and such that we can all walk through? Let's bring in Megan Snyder, uh, co owner of Snyder's Farm and Fear Farm and is with us now. Megan, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Hi, Scott. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Tell everybody where you are and, and what you are. Yeah, for sure. So we're just located outside of Kitchener-Waterloo. Um, and for over 25 years, we've been a, a large pumpkin patch and a haunted evening farm. So tell us about the Fear Farm and what goes on. Yeah, for sure. So typically... It would be six haunted attractions um, with lots of guests and visitors over the fall. And early on in the spring, our team realized that we'd have to do something different. And who knew where we would all be, right, um, in the fall. And so this year, we created a four-acre campfire site. So there's just over 20 sites. And so a way to enjoy the season is to come and book a site with your bubble of five or ten. And then we take you out on a haunted experience, which is completely outside. So it's super safe, really enjoyable, lots of animatronics and lots of actors. But ultimately, it's safe for our guests and for our staff. So basically, you book your time and then you stay within your bubble. Yeah, exactly. You don't run into What a great idea. Super safe. So uh, obviously, that's the, uh, the, uh, the difference between the way it is in the past and the way it is during uh, COVID-19. What other adjustments or what adjustments have you had to make to take this from what it was last year to make it uh, copacetic for this year? Yeah, for sure. Pretty much everything. <laughs> and we are, we're so lucky that we have such a great team. So we have a farm manager who's really spent the last couple of months um, putting us onto some technology that we never would have used. So, for example, from your campfire site, you can order mobily from your farm anything that you want, pizza or hot dog kits or s'mores kits or drinks. And so we've really done a, a lot of that this year, which has really been great. We also put a walk-up window to our bakery and did curbside ordering really early on. So that's been, it's been great. It just makes people feel safe. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's been very new. We've certainly seen how this has affected some businesses uh, in a negative uh, in a negative way for obvious reasons. With being outside and the fact that Snyder's Farm is you know out in the open, obviously has that that's allowed you to adapt quite a bit. Has this helped you, or is this are, are numbers are you expecting numbers to be lower than they were last year? Yeah, no, we're we're certainly down probably over eighty percent. There's there's no doubt about it, um, but. Because we have the outdoor space, I mean, we're really, really lucky um, as we have a lot of farm friends and and business owner friends who certainly are struggling in different ways. And we all are, but because we have the space, because we have outdoor haunts, um, because we've we've really leaned into the online ticketing system, when you come, you've got almost a quarter acre to yourself. So, you know, there's lots of things to be really grateful for this year. 
So how do we find out more about this website or anything? Yeah, for sure. So snydersfarm.com is for your daytime ticket um, and our online bakery. And uh, we make cinnamon buns here from scratch. They're, um, they're hard to get your hands on. They sell out, but people love them. And then it's uh, fearfarm.ca for our haunted campfires. And we have two more weekends of those. We have sold out uh, for this Friday and Saturday, but there's a Sunday seating and we'll have uh, the Halloween weekend available shortly too. Fearfarm.ca to find out more. Uh, Megan Snyder has been with us, co-owner of Snyder's Farm and Fear Farm, trying to make Halloween for the kids uh, at least happen this year, although being it in a a COVID-19 form. Megan, thanks for the time. Good luck with all this this year. Yes, thank you, Scott. Have a great day. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.